Welcome to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. This week on the podcast, we have another character in livestock. And anybody that knows uh, this gentleman, David Walker, you'll know he really is a character and uh, a man that's been involved in a, in a lot of things in agriculture and always been at the top of his game there. David, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, an honour to be asked to come on here. I just hope I don't upset too many people. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Um, yeah. And, and we just go back to your beginnings. Your family originally were in the, the shortbread business up there on the on the side of the spay there, Walker Shortbreads, and uh, that wouldn't be a direct involvement in your own, though, uh, David. You haven't been out there making shortbread yourself. No, no. Uh, everybody would be glad that I don't make it. And I know, I know my mother was a bit disappointed that I didn't go into the business for a start. But then as I got more into the farming, and I've, no, I've, no, I've known since I was a kid I wanted to be a farmer. And uh, the more I get into it, the more she thinks, or she thought that, um, yeah, it's better that you did her own thing rather than just follow the, follow the party line. And I'm... <laughs> I'm not a good one for following party lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'd make some good shortbread if you gave it a go. Made a fist of it. You, you make a fist of most things, uh, David. And uh, you and I first met, I think, Grandtown's show a long time ago when I was working with Richie Tag. And, uh, yeah, you were a youngster then, just getting into the farming, really. And well, Suffolk's would be your first go, at, a good go at farming, I guess. Was that before you moved into Corder? Or, or my did you get first, my first was Angus. Was Angus, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember, well, I, start, I started Angus Herd in 1980, okay. uh, but just a heifer from uh, Kinermney Herd, okay. run by Rory Edwards at uh, Kinermney, it's uh, owned by Sainsbury's. Of course, yeah. And, and that, that was introduction, and I, I said, dabbled, played a wee bit in it for the first while, and it wasn't really to move, move to Galcanta here for about 35 years ago uh-huh. that... Uh, you know, we started, well, we had, had the scope, we had the land and that, uh, and, uh, well, we bought a farm and, uh, well, we had to fill it with something. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm right in thinking Gal Country is on the Cordor Estate, would that be right? That round about no, there? no, no, we're, Cordor Estate are our poor neighbours. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's only poor because they're my neighbour. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're right, right on the edge of it. There, there's very little farmland in Nairnshire has come up for sale since we bought this. And, and we've been here about 35 years uh-huh. or 36 years. And it's less than 10 farms that have come up, so come up for sale. And one of those have been sold three times. Really? Okay. Uh, because there is, there is a lot of estates in Nairnshire and very little private owned. Because I know my solicitor was trying to buy some more land. And he says, I could get your land at half the price in Aberdeenshire. I says, yes, but I says, I'm not in Aberdeenshire. <laughs> and it, it's it's just the lack of available land in, in the Inshire. And I suppose in Vanessa is a bit the same. Know, you know, it's just... Anybody that knows that part of the world it is a beautiful part of the world. I had a house up there for a while, and and will your land run down to the sea there? You've got a fantastic coast there along that that uh, Morisha coast. Yeah, no, we, we we don't go down to the sea. Uh, we're we're, we're lowest of our land goes down to about one hundred and fifty feet, uh, and we'll get up to about uh, five hundred and fifty. But we the land rises from the sea up, and then it drops down again, and we're where it drops down again, and then goes back up and. Supposing we're, we're, all, we're all, uh, LFA land because it's 
It's relatively steep, but it's good stock land. Okay, I was going to say a lot of people would associate potatoes from uh, from up at that corner of the world, but maybe just not where you are. Eh, uh, well, we're, we're neighbours grow potatoes all around the bows, but we're just in the bit, and it's a bit steep, and uh, with a bit too much stone content for uh, potatoes just where we are. Okay, but it's good stock land, as you said, and I mentioned uh, earlier on that you, you, you went into the Suffolk's, and uh, when would that be that you got into the Suffolk sheep breed? Suffolk, so it must have been, oh, it must have been about 30, 30 years ago. Uh, we got into them as well, and a, a friend of mine, Pat McCry, who was chief executive Johnson Carmichael at the time, uh, and it was it was kind of through him that we got involved. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember going to the five e dispersal at Sam Forests, and uh, I, I was sitting next to him, we buying my first sheep, and I think, oh, I fancy this one, and Pat would say, oh, I fancy this one, I'll be buying that. I thought, you can buy all of them. So that, that, that's when it started because nobody will ever catch me at a sale in the same place for more than about five minutes. <laughs> I, 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 I like just being on my own. If all goes far as I'm prepared to go on something or somebody else, but if you're sitting next to them, and your friends, it gets a wee bit awkward at times. So that's maybe that's maybe why I don't have any many friends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you did buy some good sheep. I, I know later on I remember you buying a sheep at Gordon Wilson's. But you bought some good uh, some good original stock from the right homes, didn't you? As you said, from dispersal. Yeah, stores, yeah, right? we did, and uh, we, did, we, uh, we we did very well with it. We had success at the Highland and the Royal when it was in the go, and. Uh, reasonable success at the sales and that, and uh, it was it was good fun. But I had a good friend of mine, Duncan Gill, when he was still alive, and Duncan and I, uh, well, we used to bounce off each other. And uh, but then when Duncan passed, uh, wasn't wasn't the same, okay. wasn't the same. And a lot of the characters that were in it, I mean, like to Jimmy Douglas and. You know, John Sinnott, well, even remember John Sinnott's father uh, being in it. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, there's still some of the characters there, but it's it's changed. I, I think that job's changed a lot now. And, hot, uh, hot, hot property back then, though, we're talking sort of late 80s, early 90s, aren't we? I mean, Suffolk's were absolutely flying then, weren't they, from uh, the mayors at Muresk and, and, and what have you. All of a sudden, the trade went from being fairly low to these big numbers, and you know, every year they were breaking records and what have you. And you were kind of in there amongst that time, weren't you? Yeah, we were in there and we were watching it, we were dreaming of getting it. We ended up spending some of it, but uh, maybe not get, getting it back. But uh-huh. uh, it was... I, no, it, it 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 was exciting times, you know. Uh, everything was um, everything was every, every year. It was kind of up and up and up, and uh, no, it was it, it was enjoyable to be to be involved in the excitement, the buzz of the sales. Uh, you know, the sale was held in uh, Edinburgh. Um, you know, that was fantastic. I I sold out just about the time it changed away from uh, Edinburgh. And it wasn't wasn't the same then. You you mentioned a few names just now, and, and you know, with with, and I mentioned Gordon Wilson as well. A lot of those sheep came out of that one area of Aberdeenshire, didn't they? Up around about Turf. all the good sheep seemed to come out of that one collect, didn't they? It, 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 it was all that one bit, and it just seemed to be the the good heavy land that seemed to grow bone and bustle, and it, it it was just a fantastic piece of land. I know we were. 
we were probably maybe a bit. Mm, our land maybe wasn't just quite as good for service. We we could we could be, put beautiful skins on them, but we we couldn't get the quite the bone in it that uh, some of these other people were getting. And the bone was what it was all about back then. I think it's gone full circle a little bit now. They realise that uh, some of these heavy bone sheep were getting a bit too heavy for the for the commercial man. These big headed sheep as well. And as you said, the job changed, didn't it? And that was kind of when you when you went out of the Suffolk. Then uh, David, did you see the writing on the wall there a little bit, or just wasn't there room for everything? No, well, the reason I, I, I didn't actually intend to go completely out of them, but uh, I uh, I decided to cut my numbers way back, and I'd I'd selected out seventeen ewes I was keeping, and I had a reduction sale on sterling, and uh, over the years, all the people that had been uh, taking money off me when I was building up the flock uh, weren't there at the sale, and I actually came home in a rage, uh, and I thought, well. I've kept 17, I'll be buying that Nina tap in July and they'll be back there starting to wait for my money and I thought, bugger it, I'm just getting out completely. <laughs> so so, so that, 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 that was that was my the reason I went completely out. What the, year was the that? Good, the, oh, God, well, 10, 10, 12 years ago. But, uh, but saying that, I still, still have a hell of a lot of good friends mm-hmm. in the Suffolk breed. Yeah, one in particular is Jimmy Wilson. Uh, he 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 was a character. He was a master stockman. Uh, you know, see, see see Jimmy from time to time at the various sales and that. And he's uh, uh, he he can be critical, but he can be complimentary as well. <laughs> Jimmy, a great man, as you said, a man I'd like to speak to on this podcast. Jimmy, if you're listening, you might get a phone call from me one of the days because uh, uh, you're a man, <laughs> a man a lot of people, uh, he's a man a lot of people looked up to just with the Suffolk and his Charolais as well, for, for that matter. So so let's move on a bit, to David, to the Angus. You said you started with Kenomini, and of course they were a great herd going back into the 70s. You'd be picking up some early blood there, but then you went back in a little bit more of the modern type of Angus when you went back into it more wholeheartedly. Yeah, we did. The times were changed, and I remember when I was, uh, when we went for a start, you know, the bulls went where they big and the commercial men were all going for Charlie's limited Simidals and uh, because when I, I, I came to Galcantum, I had a few August cows and my neighbour at the time uh, I won't say who it was but uh, this certain gentleman said, oh I'm a bloody idiot with that because he says, I'll give you a limousine bull to put in your cows and needless to say, I never took it up in that offer <laughs> Uh, but the, the, they improved over the time, and I know that a lot of the Angus breeders took a lot of criticism for uh, some of the stock that came from Canada. They were, yes, they were big, yes, they were plain, but the most important thing at the time was, yeah, they were bigger, and the Angus weren't generating money here, so it wasn't as if somebody said, well, oh, I've sold a bull for twenty, thirty thousand. I'll go and invest that in a good bull. Uh, you know, the money wasn't being generated, and it wasn't till well, after a few years that some of the companies, I know Willie McLaren and Osmonds went together, and just a few a few people that uh, weren't relying on just a car to generate the money went out there and took in one or two of the better bulls that, well, still stand up there today. Yeah, there certainly were. There was a 
a migration almost wasn't there to Canada. Everybody was going there looking for another bull and another bull and another bull. And some of them worked and some of them didn't. David, as well, as well you all know. And you, you started with, um, uh, uh, I've got a, a heifer that you bought from Herdcut. So that's an old name again there. Um, and another one from the Moss. So I think you bought, again, you bought some good quality cows, but a little bit of Canadian breeding in those. Yeah, yeah. There was a uh, well, m- m- most most of what I bought, I, I, I did buy. Oh, I can't remember. They always the Hopkins uh, when they sold the sale. They were all traditional. We bought some of them, and uh, there's still one or two of the descendants of that. But it it was basically we were we were up here among a lot of big commercial herds. I know what you know. Your bloody angus are too small. We're not getting the weights. Uh, so we, we, we had we had to basically sacrifice some of the quality to to get the size. And then once you've got the size in, you were able to then work away at the quality, getting that back in again. And I'll, 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 I'll bring a name into this that most of the people listening to this in the Aberdeen Angus trade will know was a bull called uh, Sunset Acres Bang, which I think was brought in by Jim Stobo originally. Would that be right? And uh, you had him or had a share of him. He was a big brute, big brute there, wasn't he, David? Yeah, he, he he was he was actually bought he was taken into the country by George Cormick, okay. and sold to Jim Stobo and uh, Elizabeth uh, Bain Jordan, uh, and I remember speaking to speaking to Carlman at the the sale and uh, both sales and they said, uh, oh we're uh, we're thinking we're going to show the bull uh, this summer. And once we finished showing them, we're going to sell them. And I just, I just thought, uh, well, and I, I just give them an offer there and then. Uh-huh. And this is, oh, a lot of people have said, oh, give us first chance of them, uh, but nobody's actually put down a hard and fast price. And uh, they phoned me up about a week later and said, oh, I've passed on what you've said. Uh, when the when the we're finished showing him the bulls yours, okay. and I can honestly say he he was he was a decent price, but he wasn't astronomical. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and he'd be in good fettle when you had him, I suppose, if he'd come from the show circuit, and you know he'd be he'd be fairly full. What sort of age would he be then, uh, David? He was about five six year old then. Okay. Well, that that season he'd come off the back of he won the Royal, he won the Highland. I know he, he won the Border Union as well, and he probably, probably won some other ones as well, but he won the Highland and the Royal. And uh, cause I remember speaking to Wally McLaren and, uh, at the Highland, and no, nobody knew that I was getting him. And I said to Wally, I said, oh, I says, oh congratulations, Wally. I says, but I had to say I was rooting for the other bull. I says, because when this, when this shows I finished his mind, he says, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I will say his... There was about four or five years after after his offspring came into the herd that my entire show team came out of his daughters. Yeah. Yeah, he did breed, he bred females, didn't he? I think he bred females before he got to you, but certainly with yourself that he did breed some some decent females, didn't he? Oh yeah, he he he, he but by uh, power and size into them, and he also put a lot of milk into them as well. Okay. And uh, it just, it just, it just transformed our herds at, at that point. He, he, he produced some decent bulls as well because we had a reserve champion at the Highland Show uh, with a son of his, uh, Gilcanter, Mister Jolty. Um, 
Yeah, so he did produce bulls as well, but uh, fem females were his aye, you sold his a, outstanding thing. You sold a bull of him out of a, the Jewel Erica line, and maybe we'll talk about the Jewel Erica in a second, but you sold a bull uh, out of the Jewel Erica line to Victor Wallace, I believe, in, in Northern Ireland for a good price as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember that bull. He was he was 6,000. He was third top of the sale at the time. And it just shows you how, how times have changed. You know, you're you getting 6,000 now. You're thinking, oh, well, that was okay. But back in those days, you know, it was, oh, 6,000 for an Angus was fantastic. The females were making a bit more trade there. When you bought a... You bought another ten Pam, um, obviously from Willie McLaren. We're talking about there that she went on and bred probably one of the top price bulls for a while. Um, Girl Country Predator and sold for eighteen thousand. He was champion at Perth. You know, a big feather in your cap for that one. Yeah, no, that that was a good one. And then, and the enjoyable thing about it was, I I, I didn't actually pick the head, pick the cow I was going to buy. I went in and actually picked the best calf. Okay. And I thought, where's his mother? And I thought, hmm, oh, well, it's just a cow. Um, but I just stopped by it and I bought it and it proved right and uh, she well, she cost me three thousand and the next the next sale uh, I went up to young Walter McLaren and I says Do you any more cheap cows for sale Willie I was told to go away and. No uncertain terms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you certainly, I mean, Willie would be proud of the fact, and I'm sure he'd be crying from the rooftops that he did produce, uh, that the cow did produce Predator, and as I said, 18,000 to Grampian Country Foods, and he'd be the dearest bull for nigh on 30 years, I would think. Uh, yeah, back and, to the and 60s, what, really. I, and, at, and at that point, he was, he was up to the October record. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but that only lasted about a year or two years, because I knew he uh, Lady Glendine bought a bull for 24,000 a couple of years later, um, which did that. But you know, at, least, at least I had, I had the record for a year. Well, it started, a year or two. You, sta you started it though, David, didn't you? There'd been nothing near that trade before for all you know, Neil Massey had been in amongst it. You started the, the Deerer bull starting to come out, and then there was Angus was starting to rise up the rise up back in popularity again. And all of a sudden, there, there's a lot of these high prices starting to come in round about then. Yeah. And I, I, well, I think it was probably by who who it was that had bought them, thinking, "Oh, they're looking." Uh, and it's it it just it just developed on by then. But but I remember the day we sold them at uh, the ring, and well, um, yeah, Ray Grieve came in behind us, and I, I remember going out of the ring, and all I heard was the auctioneer says, "What what you want for your bull, Ray?" He says, "Just stand on." <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd all have enjoyed that one. And he was a top prize bull by quite a bit in that sale, wasn't he? And he went on and bred that. That's the thing. There were a lot of predator bulls came back to Perth and uh, in quite a few herds, and, and, and he did breed. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he bred well, very well. And uh, we, we, we used him a wee bit here as well. But I know, I know a lot of people did. And a lot of good, fleshy commercial bulls came off him. And uh, I remember I was a limousine breeder. In fact, Duncan Gill's brother, John Gill, came up to us and says, Thank Christ, there's not more of that bulls about. I says, How? What's wrong with them? He says, Well, that's the limousine boys. We'll be back at <laughs> Fair enough. So, you know, so that was a, you know, it, it's, it's odd comments like these that make you smile. Hi, indeed. Indeed. And you went on, talking to top prices, you went on again and, and put your, put yourself on the other side of the table now when you bought the Cardona Jewel Eric. I mean, a little bit later that would be, was that middle 2000s for 38,000? Yeah. Again, a record, I think, uh, I think uh, David. Yeah, well, I think it's still, well, still the record auction. Um, yeah, he was, he was a tremendous bull. He was champion at the time. And 
Uh, I didn't think I'd have to go quite that far to get him. And uh, I was pleased I got him. But uh, it, it was a strange feeling spending that much money and, uh, you know, trying to have one bowl. I've, I've, I've never gone that far since. I maybe spent that amount of money, but I expect a, a floatload of them for that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is. It's a lot, a lot of eggs in one basket when you're putting that sort of money. He's got to go to all the cows. But he was a, a dual Erica, and I mentioned earlier on that you had a dual Erica cow as well. And that dual Erica line is still a, one of the top lines in the Aberdeen Angus breed, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a farm that's done really well. And I remember, uh, I, I remember Dave Smith. He, he used to show a lot of these uh, dual Ericas, so along with the Ericas and it. And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know. Some of, that, uh, some of that Dave Smith breeding will go all the way back through the three or four herds that he was involved in, right the way back to Bob Adam from Newhouse <laughs> and, and back to the turn of the century, that dual Erica line. So, uh, and still going strong. Yes, it is. It is. I know we've got quite a few in the herd here and, and it's funny, I was talking about Dave Smith, because the bull uh, battling Patriot, that Dave was pretty well involved in a lot of his show cows yeah. uh, came off him. We we ended up get, uh, getting the semen rights to him. Okay. And we've, we've AI'd quite a bit of the herd to him this year. Uh, we've had one or two before, and they've done, uh, they've been quite good, so I thought, I will AI some this year, and hopefully, with the with the the weight the weight range of the fat cattle now dropping a bit, and I thought, well, we were still a big bull. Let's go back to that because I remember the cows that uh, Smithy used to take out and show, and you know, big sappy, fantastic cows. Mm-hmm. And put a bit of weight in them, as you said, a bit extra depth in them. Not quite the, not quite the tallest. And you've still got Angus, as you say. How many Angus cows are you running these days, David? Well, we had about 150 at the bull this year. Mm-hmm. Still out there on the show circuit with them when you can? Yeah, yeah, we have. We've got a, well, a new Calamon. He's not new now, but we're with him for three or four years. Uh, Calamon And he's he's a bit fanatical about it. And uh, because we 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 tried hard to get uh, to get Carmen to come up here, and we spoke we spoke to a lot of good men, and uh, terms and conditions were you know spot on. Yeah, they come up, spoke to the wives. Ah, it's too far north, and. Uh, yeah, so uh, Callum, we've got him. Callum, is and, a good idea. Callum has been in touch with me, actually, because he was interested in some of the pedigrees of some of your animals, and he was ch- chasing me one time for a few pictures of some of those, and he sounds like he's dead keen, so just the right man for you. Oh, he's just fanatical, and I know he's... Uh, a lot of people are wondering how he's managing to get here, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell them, but he he pestered a heap of people in America, Uh that were showing steers in the likes of Texas where it's hot all the time. And uh, asked them, you know, how how did you grow the hair? And mo- most most of them just told him to bugger off. <laughs> but uh, one person told him how he did it. And, uh, yeah, well, it's 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 working. And, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's I, I know what it is, but it's column secret, so I'll just leave it with them. Good stuff. Now you know that's those are the sort of things you don't say on top lines and tails. If we move on from the Angus, it sounds like you've got the Angus in the right place just now. But your your other love and a passion and and, and probably more of a passion, I guess, is well apart from Beverly, is is, is your is your Clydesdale horses, and uh, I think you and Beverly between you have, have brought that to the fore and and loved every minute of it. Yeah, well, actually, the attraction to them actually started the same year as I started the the Angus. It was a Highland show in nineteen eighty, and I was down uh, I was down with Kenermany, and it was a, a Sunday afternoon sitting sitting in the grass waiting for everybody to go home so we could get home, and. Uh, you would hear the sixes come along on the Sunday afternoon. They would come along the past where the new car shed is now and up past the old car sheds. And it was a clank of the chains and the hoofs and the, you know, just all the, the noise that went with it. So I made the hairs rise in the bottom of my neck and I thought, hmm, one day I'd like to be involved in that. Uh, not actually realising <laughs> how actually involved we would get. But it's a formidable uh, sight. Those people that have been to the Highland Show will all will all concur here when they shut the railings off both sides, and then you, as you said you start hearing them clattering through, and twenty or thirty of these massive uh, um, drays with these animals on there. It is a spectacular sight. So I can see why it turned your head there. And uh, as you said, you just went forward with that. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, it was pretty, well, we just on twenty years now since we started in them. Uh, we bought my first one, a friend of mine, uh, Robin Lang, who had been judging at a show, and I uh, just said to myself, you know, it's like Black Isle show, and uh, we ended up buying, I ended up buying the one that was champion there, and there was actually a bit of a story, because we went to Grattan show the following week to try and buy it, and uh, Bev said to us, oh, you didn't even ask a price on that horse, I says, no, I says, it's, I said, there's no way over there. I said, I'm not buying a sick horse. And I uh, actually ended up buying it at the Suffolk dinner. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, you're odd later on that year. <laughs> and by, by that time, it was better. Okay. What did you call her? Was that was that Jubilee Girl? No. Yeah, that was our, our Jubilee Girl. And she she produced oh, two absolutely fantastic females, uh, Galcanta Angel and the Galton of Galcanta and Nicole's Charm. And Galcanta and the Coast Charm won Aberdeen. She was up to the reserve at the last Royal. Uh, along with a multitude of other things, uh, she was first prize at the Highlands. Uh, Angel won the Winter Fair and uh, multitudes of things. And uh, the, the Nicole Mayor, her, was it her last four? I think it was her last four. No, I yeah, it was a last four. It, he uh, he went to the police uh, in Strathclyde, okay. and he's been he's been all over the world. And, and in fact, he he followed the Queen's coffin up the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, wow. okay. uh, which was quite a boost for us. That yeah. he, you know, yeah. something we'd produced as you know as so predominant as that. Brilliant, brilliant. And and go back to the Jubilee girl. She's known as Madam. There'd be a reason for that, I guess. Yeah, she could be a madam. <laughs> but saying that, you know, uh, she had her off days, but she had her, she had her own days as well. And uh, she she didn't she didn't like being shown really. But uh, thank God her, her offspring uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And that that was you said twenty years ago, and you've just gone on and on then, haven't you? Uh, 
Winning yeah, well, we, 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 we get involved uh, with a, a bloke, uh, Jim Young, who's passed away uh, earlier on this year, and uh, I, I miss him a lot. He was, you either loved him or you hated him. There was no in-between. Um, I, I, I loved the man, and he was, uh, he, he taught me all I know in them, and he was, I uh, was a good inspiration, and yeah, I saw two sides of it. He 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 wanted to have this uh, persona that I'm Mister Nasty, but and he thrived in that. But if you went out for a meal with him and that, he was the first one to open the door for a woman. You went up to pay the bill, bill was paid. You know, he 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 two sides to him, but he taught me an awful lot uh, about the horses, and you know, I was just a, a pity that he. The first world show that came to Scotland, uh, he wasn't here to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go on to the world show in a minute because what a brilliant event it was. And uh, you also, you'd been in Canada, I think, buying buying Angus embryos. So I suppose you're still going back. I'm not quite sure what year this was and ended up bringing a, bringing a horse back from over there. Is that right? I well, it was so oh, maybe four, four years ago, five years ago. Uh, I'm in doubt. I'm it was the way that the Royal and Farm Fair could say they hadn't been out of Farm Fair for a number of years. And we caught the Royal Angus judging, some of the horse judging, and then we went out to Farm Fair and we caught the Angus judging. And with a spare day, we were going out to uh, Miller Wilson's to look at some embryos. And uh, I, I saw a, a thing on Facebook and it said, uh, Shifting the mares to the winter pasture in Alberta, and I thought, hmm, whenever that was, it turned out up with uh, Wes and Christine uh, Gerdeko's uh, Kirsten, and we went went in past them in the in the morning to just as a yeah tourist, and uh, ended up I ended up coming home without the Angus embryos, but uh, with a Clydesdale stallion. A stallion, okay. What did you call him? Yeah. Uh, he was um, Willoughby Quest. Quest, uh-huh. Aye. And, uh, and he's, he, he's done well. He's produced a lot of good stuff. We, we, we never showed him because he took a red worm infection, which kind of stunted him a bit. And we, ne- we nearly lost him. Uh, but we're just glad that he's still alive and breeding. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's breeding some really nice stuff. Well, a different, slightly different type, yeah. maybe. Just a different blood people are after, perhaps. Different, different type. It's more. I know in Canada, the the driving job is is a big part of uh, what they do out there. Because you've, you know, the world show here. There was three teams of eight. Uh, I know the two world shows have been in one in Canada, one in America, and there were sixteen teams of eight at each show. Okay, we'll go on. So you you multiply that up. Uh, so the, the the their their emphasis is a wee bit more on the action, bit more size, um, but we've we've kind of fallen down that line. Uh, more, more into the driving side of it now. We'll go on to the driving side in a second, but you did sell uh, another uh, Colton to uh, Ronnie Black, said Colessi, and there's another stud there that uh, would be one of the top names in the world, though. You'd be proud to put one in there. Yeah, I, I was really pleased. And that, well, that was out of a, and a mayor we'd actually bought in from Canada. Okay. And, um, yeah, Ronnie bought it. Uh, 
it's it's produced a lot of uh, good stuff. In fact, he's a he's a second prize, second prize filly at the at the World Show off him as well, and and he's 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 done he's he's done very well for him, and that's uh, and just to get some something into one of these places. Is uh, is a great boost. Well, you know, you know, you've arrived then when you're selling, when you're selling stock into into other top herds. Do you? And let's go on to the driving side of it. Would that be a little more of Beverly's influence there? Is she is she the lady behind the getting you into the cut? Uh, no, it was uh, there was a lot of alcohol involved with that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I haven't, I haven't mentioned alcohol up to now. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> but I, I remember standing at the the ring at Perth show watching the driving. This was probably the year before we did their thing. And somebody says, Oh, you'll be buying some of these driving horses next. I says, No, nah, I've I've plenty to do. I don't I don't need any driving horses. And then the following year we were at the Highland Show and Jim Young had this two driving geldings there. And they were just three year old, just broken. And he was trying to sell them to somebody, but Jim had a hell of a lot of drink that day. And he wasn't running them very straight. So I says, Oh give me give me give it me, Jim. And I'd had a a fair skinful <laughs> as well, and uh, so I ran them up, and uh, I remember somebody saying to us, "Oh, I thought you were going to run into the tree." The horses didn't know which side of the, tree, the oak tree to go to, but now we go around the oak tree about down. I threw them the rope and said, "There, when your buyer comes round, give us a hand, uh, give us a shout. I'll give them a run out, maybe help us sell them." <laughs> and then uh, I went I said, to him, "I said, how much are you actually looking for them?" And he said that price. I said, "Oh, don't be so bloody stupid!" And I just offered him two thousand of what he was looking for. And he said, "I can't accept that." I says, "Well, I know nothing about driving." I says, "Just look how much you'll make out of us, you know, helping us and whatnot, and training, training the horses up more, training me up." And that, and uh, he just looked at me, shook my hand. This is deal's done. And that was probably a year or two earlier than I'd anticipated and uh, with some with some eventful uh outings with these horses but uh and and, uh, and you actually brought a cart uh, did you buy the cart from with, with with that pair of horses as well or did you have one or did you make one or where it come from no no I bought I bought the, that, that belonged to the tenants and uh they said they were selling it and it it looked pretty good uh till I put it down to uh, we were right at Cooper, who's just he just actually died there about two or three weeks ago, Ian Grant. And uh, he took a look and he says, your hubs are fine, but the rest are knackered. So uh, after a few thousand pounds, and uh, we ended up with a new top on it. And uh, it's, <laughs> I will say, probably over the years that we've driven it, he's probably replaced all the wood on it. But... Uh, yeah, it was it's a, it was a nineteen nineteen oh eight uh and uh yeah it's done as well, enjoyed it. It was and it was quite a light hook like dray for the for just what operating a pair at the time. I, I noted read somewhere that you brought a cart in from uh, from ship one in from Canada, is that right? No, no, I didn't have to have I bought an American cart, but I bought it from uh, Paul and Walt Bedford. Uh, down in Yorkshire, they they'd had it and they'd run it for a few years, and uh, we bought it. And then the pandemic hit, and uh, we uh, eventually found somebody that would that was prepared to take it on and paint it. 
and the Walks had modelled it on uh, a hitch that I saw in Canada and fell in love with was the, the High Point uh, outfit. And uh, Bank is owned by Brent Fielding. And uh, their, their driver is just fantastic, uh, Bloke Freeman Yoda. And as I start, that, you know, that's what I want my new hitch to look like. And uh, I think we've tried pretty hard to to get it like that, and that's yeah. We'll we'll go on just to the world too in, in a second because you know, as you said, you had a fantastic success. But one thing I just wanted to clarify: the the quarter cup at the Highland is that anything to do with you, or is it coincidence that it's from quarter? No, it's, it's just I don't know. I don't know where the quarter bit came from. Okay. Uh, but the the quarter cup at the Highland that's for that's for the females of the breed. Okay. And. Uh, a Clydesdale can only win that once. Okay. And you can you can be you can be reserve champion or not even in the championships, as long as all the other ones that's beaten you yes. have already won a quarter cup. Ah. It goes down to the get that, but it's usually champion or reserve champion. And then the the stallion show held in March. That's where they present the quarter cup for the males. Okay. All right. Have you had that in your hands, David? Not yet. Uh, we keep hoping. Um, I remember Jim Young he used to say about uh, well, Angel Mayor says that's the best. That's the best horse kicking about that hasn't won the quarter cup. Uh, and that's uh, alluded us, but um, you know, that's an it's something to aim for. Interesting concept, isn't it? That you can only win it once. You can turn up, but it's, I suppose it'd be interesting in the cattle world anyway that you turn up and the one that's won it last week doesn't get a shot at it the following week. I think that's actually quite a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I know well. I know that Jennifer Mayer, that Ronnie Block won the Highland with this year. She didn't get the Coda Cup because she's had it a few years ago, and uh, it went to went to somebody else. So it's yeah, it, it kind of spreads out. But once they've won it, I think is it three times or something, or five times, they get to keep it. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people want to win it, but I don't think they want because it's it's actually quite an expensive cup to replace. Sure, it would be. I, I had <laughs> we'd been doing some research in the Angus earlier on, and, and the, the Argentinian boys had put a cup in for the best group of three in Perth, and, and uh, I think it was Jay Kerr won it outright after three years. So they put another one in. He won that one as well. They, they stopped handing <laughs> stopped handing them in after that. Let, let's go on to this world show then. And I mean, I, I did a podcast with Derek Skinner a few weeks ago prior to this, and and uh, he said it'd be a great event. And I'm sorry, I could get to it I know a lot of people did turn up to it it was at the P&J which is quite a new stadium I think in, in about uh, Aberdeenshire there and uh, some event David yeah it's 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 actually on the site of the old uh, Rowett All right. uh, building it's on, on the same bit as that uh, straight opposite straight opposite Joe Carsey from Crabston uh, okay. and uh, I remember being the last little show in America in Madison and the Scots from some of the Scots party up and announced we're having a world show in 2022. And uh, I can say there was a lot of people skeptical. I, w- I was one of them. Uh, that thing, oh, where are all the horses going to come from? And, you know, what's it going to be like? And uh, but I also did say at the time that uh, if, there's go- if the world show comes off, you can't have a world show without a team at eight. I say so. I'll put out a teammate. Didn't say I was going to win it. I just says I'll 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 have a teammate for the show. And I can tell you, as as the show got closer, I started sweating. But we we got the team of eight there. It had never actually been hitched. 
before we got to the Welsh Shore, right. is we hitched the six, and it was only at the Welsh Shore we actually hitched the eight, and uh, the driver, Logan Ben, that I had over from uh, America to drive it, because he's used to driving sixes and eights, he actually said that the eight went better than the six. Must be phenomenally difficult to 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 get. I mean, it's like trying to time time a, a car with eight cylinders. I mean, it, it must be phenomenally difficult to get them all to to work and run at the same time. The same type of animals, the same type of gate. I don't know anything about this at all, as you can tell, uh, David. But it must have been. A, it must be a huge task to get an eight to to all run at the, at the same time. It is because because what you what you want you want your, you you want good sound solid wheel horses that will pull all day, but then also. They're not going to run away with you. Your your lead horses out the front, and wherever you're going, when you multiply it up to four, six, or eight, you want your lead horses to be able to want to, you know, not want to run away, but they want they need to to get out there, go forward, and then providing you can get the horses, you know, in the in the swing, the you know the other four to be happy in their position and happy with each other, they're not quite so important, but but they've got to they've got to be happy because we've we two horses and you put them together, they're like a bloody snowplow trying to push each other over the road. You swapped them round the other sides. And they went perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh so it's it's just basically your kind of wheel horses are there, the 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 main engine, they're also your brake and your lead horses that want to get out, basically out of the road of everything else, because uh, if the lead ones don't go anywhere, uh, you, you end up in a heap. What sort of weight are we talking for for the um, for the, the cart that they're pulling there? Uh, eight horses to pull. Is that any heavier than it would be for a six or a four? Uh, well, the likes of a small cart, you wouldn't put a, a six or an eight on that. Well, you could, but uh, it, it looks a bit out of proportion. But the, the the cart we've had it's it's just under under a couple of tons, so for for six or eight horses to pull, even well a pair of horses. I know when we started building this hitch, I went down to the Bedfords, uh, the, and, and I bought two horses from them, and one of them is is twenty hands, and the other one's just over nineteen, and uh, so like so they they'd be able to pull the cart okay themselves. You know they're big, strong, powerful. Um, but I know, I know some of the traditional people like this as seventeen two, seventeen three uh, horses to say that's more, you know, more of what the classical should be. Um, but yeah, I started off with big ones, then it made things difficult because the rest of them would be big as well. Yeah, sure. That's good, <laughs> matching them all up. You're right, and, and as I said that with the eight, but it wasn't just the eight. I mean, you went on. I think the eight was at the end of the show, but the show went on for was it two or three days? I don't know how many horses or how many people uh, were there for that matter. But for uh, it, 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 it was it was it was on for four days, and I know the last two days the eight were sold out, and that was somewhere about four and a half, five thousand people. And the sales good because back to somebody I mentioned before, Jimmy Watson, he phoned me up afterwards and he'd been there on the Saturday. And uh, he, he says, No, he says, he went, so I said, went there about 10 o'clock. And uh, he said, After oh, a couple, couple of hours, I'll see most things and you know, that'll, that'll do me. He says, I was still there at 7 o'clock at night because there was just, you know, there was something else and something else and something else. And uh, 
and there's a lot, a lot of non, well, I'm not saying non-farmer people, but non-horse people there, and everybody just loved it. It's it it, it, it was a fantastic event. You know, all credit to the organisers uh, to pull it off. As I said, I was sceptical, uh, and I know a lot of people were complaining that it was off centre in the country. You know, been away up in Aberdeen, but. Uh, you know, the, the the venue for it, it was you know, the ring was great. The the park the stabling, it was the underground car park, that was fantastic as well. And we're just lucky that it wasn't too wet because you had a maybe about a ten, fifteen minute walk from the stables round to the ring. So it's okay. no no nobody got too wet. Uh, and, and, yeah, but, handy for the yeah. airport as well, so there'd be a lot of overseas. It's a world convention, so you'd have a lot of people coming in from from. Yeah, well, I know there was there was well over two hundred overseas people there, and uh, you know the airport was good. And he, he, even even a lot of people that drove up thought, oh well, it wasn't too bad because it's all dual cars. Sure, sure. You know, if, if it had been an Inverness and they had to travel that dreaded A nine. Then there's had something to moan about. You've had that A9 enough times, I know. Just, so just take on, um, uh, give us a take on what you actually won there, because I think did you, Beverly was winning driving classes, and every time I kept seeing more rosettes and that, you had a good go, didn't you? Yeah, with a, with a, with a tremendous go. Well, with, with two in-hand horses there, and we were second prize four-year-old mayor, which actually was, well, a, we'll get a world championship, but it's a Zerv world champion, four-year-old, and then with a stallion, he was a Zerv champion, uh, five to nine-year-old. And then, oh, no, no, he was, no, he was fastest class, he was champion. Then uh, Beverly went out in the ladies' cart, and that was a class of 17, and she was uh, second in that, she was a Zerv world champion with the, with the single cart. I took the pairs out that uh, anybody that knows I had a hiccup at the Highland Show. And, uh, yeah, I was just feeling my strength a bit. I'm just not back up to full fitness. So I just I just took that nice and easy. I didn't win anything. And that, uh, and then we went out with the, the, out with the fours who were uh, second in that. The reserve world champion again. Thought we could have maybe won it, but we didn't. And then we went out with the six, we got world champion with that. We went out with the unicorn, uh, world champion that. And then when we went out with the eights, uh, that was just the pinnacle of winning win that class. was just, you know, it was just out of this world. You know, to, to have pulled off getting getting a team of eight together and getting them, because, you know, we were saying in the uh, Clydesdale driving world, if you can get into the ring and out of the ring, and you don't need a vet or a joiner, you were a successful day. <laughs> and uh, to, to come out of there with that red ribbon and the world championship was... It, it was that, That's what dreams were made of. Well, it was a dream, David, as you, as you mentioned earlier on, but you're seeing the animals in the 1980s and... Uh, you, you dream big, and you've dreamt big with everything that you've done, and been very successful. Well, that's been a, a colossal uh, result this year. Is that you're going to retire now? Is that you won all you can going to win, or are you off to Canada showing the next ones? No, no, I don't. I, I don't know. Well, I, well some, some, there's a world show there next year, and some idiot is booked <laughs> to do a demonstration at dawn a show in the middle of this world show in Canada. So we won't be going there, but we're we're planning trips out to Canada, and then there's a. Uh, there'll be another one in three years' time, and then they're talking about back to Aberdeen and 
2027. So, okay. uh, no, I'm, I'm certainly not retiring. Not retiring. Not retiring. Not, no. re- not retiring from the cattle scene either. So I guess you'll be uh, still be turning up at the Highland Show again with some of those. Yeah, it's cattle and the horses. They're kind of blood. A number of times I threaten to sell up the the cow. But then I think about all the years that's gone into building the herd. I think, well, if I was to sell up, that would be gone. And I'd never have that again. So uh, I think, nah. I'm stuck with them. You can't, you can't build a herd in five minutes, can you? And you can't build it, obviously build a stud in five minutes. And uh, as I said, you've done both of those over a long period and, and hit the pinnacle with it. And uh, a credit to you, David. And as I said, always a, always a character, character about at the shows there. And we always uh, enjoy a dram, as you said, at the Highland this year. Yes, yeah. A bit wrong, but uh, no, that's been, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And uh, I can hear Bev there in the background. And congratulations to you too, Bev, because I'm sure you're, you're a lot of the driving force behind this man that, uh, that wins all, gets his name on all these prizes. So uh, congratulations to the pair of you on that one. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And as I say, well, Bev, Bev is very much, uh, you know, she's not, she's not part of the team. She's a, we are the team. You are the team. Well, you're a great team and a dream team. And uh, superb to speak to you, David. Thank you very much for, uh, for taking your time to talk to us on Top Lines and Tales. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, no, but I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the at the shows and sales over the coming coming years. Cheers, David. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support of the Top Lines and Tales podcast. And uh, please go and have a visit of uh, Harbro's website or get in touch with your local Harbro rep as we now go into winter for all your feed requirements and dietary requirements and uh, no obligation assessments. You can find them on their website or on social media and uh, the, all the usual channels. And while you're on social media, don't forget to take a look at the Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find photographs and other information to back up this and previous episodes.